to increase our faith. And I preached that little series because I was asked about it. I'd shared uh, from my own experience and was asked would I preach on it. And I, I, I realized that there may be uh, those who hadn't thought anything about their faith increasing. And I hope that I was able to share some things with you, make you want to desire that like the disciples did when they prayed for more faith and like that poor father who cried out, help mine unbelief when he was asking Jesus to heal his son. Lord, help mine unbelief. And so we can do that. Well, this something come up uh, related to that. Related to that. And it, it's a real neat thought and something that uh, would concern anyone who's given much thought about our future and things like that. And, and that is how faith, faith and the unseen, the unseen. And so I looked up some scripture passages that related to that, the unseen. And I want everybody to know that every day of our future is. Every single day of our future is, is unseen. So I want to just read one verse, and I may make some comment on the other verses, but verse number 23, verse number 23 will be our text, and may God be honored as we look at it and think about it and expound on it, and pray about it. So, verse number 23 says this, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So here we have faith being exercised when Moses was just a little baby. Moses was just a little baby. You could see how that for them there was a lot that was unseen. A lot that was unseen. Now, let me go back and share with you, and I'm sure about everybody knows the details related to that. They're given to us. Moses himself wrote it down in Exodus chapter 1 and part of chapter 2. Exodus chapter 1 and part of chapter 2. Now, and the Bible tells us in chapter 1 of the book of Exodus that there was a new Pharaoh in Egypt that come on the throne that didn't know Joseph. Now we know all of the details related to Joseph's experience while down in Egypt and how the Pharaoh, what the Pharaoh thought of him, give him uh, charge of all of the Pharaoh's things, and he was honored, and God was honored through his life. But there came a new Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. And so, he saw how that the uh, Israelites were so blessed, and how they were prospering, and how they were growing in number and in strength. And he became concerned. Because the Bible tells us there that his concern was that some enemy 
they would go to war with them and that maybe these Jews would take the place of their enemy and be a threat to them. And so what the Pharaoh did was he gave orders. He, gave, he did a couple of things. Number one, the Bible tells us that he increased their tasks. They were slaves actually in Egypt and they made brick and, and everything. There was a lot of building going on. And the Bible tells us that they increased the burden on, on them and worked them extremely hard and everything uh, to try to work against them. But the main thing was that he gave orders to the midwives who delivered the babies in Egypt that when one of these Israelite women was about to give birth, that they were to take the boy babies that were born and throw them in the Nile River. That's what he said. They were to kill the males that were born. And so that was the order of the king. And when we read this verse, we found that there was a statement there that said Moses' parents did not fear, did not fear the king's commandment. And so that come about as a result of their faith in God. Their faith in God. And so uh, the Bible says that those midwives, they feared God and they didn't obey the king. They didn't uh, do that. And so uh, Moses was born and the Bible says that his parents saw something about him, that he was a proper child and they believed that maybe God's hand was going to be upon him. They didn't know. There was a whole lot of things they didn't know. And so that's the reason I titled the message this morning, Faith and the Unseen. The Unseen. And uh, so they didn't realize what it was going to be. And we find uh, that in the book of Acts, that Stephen, when he was uh, uh, sharing his message there, and I'll read these verses related to that. And it says, this is in the seventh chapter of Acts and verse 17, beginning of verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. That was the reason they were growing and the reason they were multiplying is because God was blessing them. And it says in verse 18, till another king arose which knew not Joseph and the same dealt Settling with the with with our kindred and the evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live. They was they was thinking that if they worked these pregnant women hard enough, they'd lose their children. That's what that means when it says that. And it goes on to say in verse twenty, in which time Moses was born, and was exceedingly fair. Now that's interesting because that means he was beautiful. That he was a he was a beautiful baby. Boy, you ought to see the pictures of me when I was a baby. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, I do have some pictures that they look like they've been touched up greatly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he was exceedingly fair. And the interesting thing about this, and you may have this in the column of your Bible if you're looking at that particular passage of scripture it says fair to God and I looked up the original language and that's the reason why that it says that in the column that he was beautiful to the Lord beautiful to the Lord 
and nourished up uh, in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. So what they could not see, the unseen for them, what they could not see, God was working anyway. And God was bringing about His purpose and plan. And the point that I want to emphasize this morning is their faith related to that. And I want to tell everybody, when we think about the future, when we think about it, that we can be secure and we can be at ease because of our faith. We, our faith. And if we're people of faith, what we've done is trusted not only our personal lives to the Lord, but our future too, to the Lord. We know that it's in His hands. We know our future is in His hands. And it's certainly easy for people to be anxious about what lies ahead. Now I want to share this passage. I looked this one up this morning, and uh, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember where it was. But in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 4, in verse 18, I'll read 17 also, it says, For our light afflictions, uh, which are but for a moment, worketh, uh, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen to this verse. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen now are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So while we have that which is unseen, by faith we have that which is seen. And according to the definition of faith in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, then that, that actually bears that out and it makes it uh, plain. Also, I thought of another one, and it's such an interesting story. It's found in Second Kings and the sixth chapter. And the Bible says that the Israelites were in war uh, with the Syrians. And every time the Syrian king uh, made plans to uh, lay a trap for the Israelites in this battle, uh, th they would find out about it and do something different. And the king of Syria said, there's got to be somebody that is uh, uh, telling what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, he called them together and called them into question for that. And somebody spoke up and said, no, king, what it is, there's this prophet in Israel. His name is Elisha. And he knows what you're dreaming and thinking about when you're in, in your bed at night. He knows all about it. Well, the king said, let's all go get him. Well, I'm going to put together my army chariots and horses and we're going to go get Elisha and so here they go and they encamped around where Elisha was and his servant come to him and said what are we going to do look what's happened here and Elisha prayed Lord open his eyes and when the Lord opened his eyes the mountain was full of horses and chariots that they couldn't be seen but they were there Oh, what a thought that brings to our mind about when we know the Lord and we're uh, going through life to think that His providential hand is in our life. And there's a lot of things that happen that we cannot see. You know, when we've gone far enough along and enough time goes by, we're able to look back in our life and we're able to say, Thank you, Lord. Surely 
This was your providence at work, and it protected me, protected my family, protected those that I love, and things like that. So there is the unseen. There is the unseen. And I, and I really want to point that out this morning. Because I know that there are some among us that are like myself. They're like myself. I'm going to tell you something. In our country, the future is uncertain. It is uncertain. Folks, I'll be 73 years old next month. And I have carefully watched things that have come to pass in my life. I want to tell you something. There has never, ever been a time when this country has provoked Almighty God. Like it's like happens today. There's never been a time. I mean, if, if you're one of them that... Uh, checks on news broadcasts. Somebody asked me about that the other day. There are news broadcasts. You, you, can, you can forget it. You're not going to get the message straight. They don't want you to have the message straight. They're going to ignore. As a matter of fact, I've seen statistics about how some of the news broadcasts don't even mention certain things in their broadcasting. There are though, somebody asked me the other day, well how, how do I, if you have internet access, let me tell you a good one. If you have internet access, just go in there and Google Newsmax, bring it up, they about the best I've ever seen for listing all of the stories that are of interest and they're conservative, they're conservative. And you can get on there and you can read those. And uh, uh, I like to look at that uh, page and look at the articles that are listed there. But in our country, there, there's never been a time, never been a time. You know, I, I, I know that in some school systems across our country, I, I wonder, what in the world is wrong with people trying to teach our children things that they're trying to teach them Sheer pornography in the school's libraries. I know you've seen that on TV. You've watched that. What in the world are they thinking about? And you know something? Our, our education of our young people is far behind some countries in this world. China, I think, is number one in math and reading and things like that. I want to tell you something our schools need to do. They need to stop some of this. Now, our our local school system is not like this. I've talked to some, some of our folks. They don't pr promote and push that stuff. But they need to teach these children the basics. They need to teach them how to live their life when they grow up. How to function in the world around them. And so we, we're living at a time, I want to tell you something. There's been preachers said for years and years that we're living in the last days well, i got to tell you something. The day we live in, there's nobody in the past has ever seen what we see today. What we see today. And I want you to understand something. The Bible says that in that time prior to the Lord coming back, perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. And I, I encourage you to pray for that this country be turned around and turned back to the Lord and quit all that foolishness. It makes our future, our unseen future, uncertain and should trouble all of us. It should trouble us. And, and there, there may come a point in time, sometime in the near future, where 
uh, it, things will become really, really terrible. And I, I believe the Bible teaches that. That right before the Lord returns to this earth, things are going to be really bad. And if you notice the right news, I know you've know, noticed that we are right, we're on the verge of nuclear war in our world. Right on the verge of it. And we've got some people that don't have no better mind than to try to provoke that and bring that about and make it happen or what have you. And I'll tell you, it's like one of our past presidents said years ago, that we ought to pray that there's no nuclear war because there's no winners. Everybody's a loser. And it would be true, everybody would be a loser if that ever come about. So I, I want you to know this morning, there is that which is unseen. That which is unseen. Now, but I'll, I'll share some more uh, with you related to that. Uh, but I want to share some things about the faith of Moses' parents that I think is unique. One of the things I thought was unique about it is you have faith that is demonstrated in family life. And you all know me, I, 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 that's something that's priority to me, is family, is family. I really believe that God is interested in families, that God blesses families. And, and uh, we live in a time when in our culture today, it's very uh, much against families, very much against family, promoting things that are anti-family. And so we find here that there's faith in the family, and I think that is an awesome thing. Here, uh, Moses' father and Moses' mother both were people of faith. They were people of faith. They trusted in the Lord. They trusted in the Lord. And both parents were like that. And it's really an important thing. And I thank God that uh, He gave me a little wife that walked in lockstep with me and I with her, mostly I with her. You know, I, I learned those two important words in life for every husband. That, and the two words that are important is, yes, dear. And no, I'm just kidding. She never, she never has been like that. But anyway, I've said this oftentimes that I thank God for church life because the church helped me raise two boys. And I mean, I could go through multitudes of ways that that happened. Help me raise two boys. You see, they never did run around with those questionable crowds. They never did do that. They didn't have to do that. They were always running around with the deacon's children. <laughs> the deacon's boys. Uh, no, I just, they did, but uh, they was running around with the teenagers that were in, the, in church with them. And I often said this, you know, that my boys, they wouldn't go out with a girl if she didn't come to Sunday school with them on Sunday. And that, that, I never told them to do that, but they actually did that. You know, I think that young people need to think about who you marry and, and make sure that to the best of your ability you follow the Lord's leadership and guidance in finding someone that you marry and finding them. And you know, I've said this before, I'm, I know I'm prejudiced, but if I'd, the boys had come to me and said, Dad, I want you to find us a wife. Well, it, I, I could have went around the world, and my opinion is that I couldn't have done any better. You know, they, their wives are with them in part of their life and everything. So this is an interesting thing that we find faith in a family. Faith in a family. And by the way, 
There wasn't no fear here because faith was there. And you know what I've said about that. And in chapter 2 of the book of Exodus, the Bible, Moses ascribes most of that to his mother. To his mother. And you know, I thought about this when I was looking at this text and thinking about it. What an awesome uh, text it would be for Mother's Day, wouldn't it? Amen? Because he ascribes this to his mother. And you know what? When it comes Mother's Day, I may just go right back and preach uh, from the text again. And uh, the influence of a family where there's faith, not only on their children, but on other people also. And another thing that I found that I thought was unique was that we see God imparting, and we know that He does, we've learned that, He is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author, and He has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And so we find God imparting and inspiring faith in their home for as a, a result of somebody else. And the someone else, of course, was Moses, that little child that was there. And you know what? Uh, uh, Families need to understand and realize, I don't have any idea how God might touch my children or might touch my grandchildren somewhere out there in the future and use them in in a mighty way. And even if it wasn't a mighty way, just using them however God sees fit is a wonderful thing. You see? So parents, grandparents, and everybody, uncles and aunts and whatever, need to understand there's a possibility that God may inspire faith in you to touch somebody else along the way. Touch someone else along the way. And it's not just children. I want to tell you something. There are uh, I've known so many families down through the years that were an inspiration to everybody around them because everybody could see their loyalty to the Lord, their faithfulness to their church, and see that their faith was what was producing that along the way. So it's obvious that this was happening here. From a standpoint of history, we know what happened in the experience of Moses. We know how mightily God used that man probably more than anyone else in all of the Old Testament and the impact of his family's faith in his life and what turned out there. And I think it's interesting here that Moses' mother and father, they didn't know all that. They didn't know what we know today. And we know it today because of the history that's laid out in the Word of God. We see it. We can only read down through here. By faith, Moses, when he come to years, refused to be called uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, and had respect unto the recompense of reward. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That is, not being able to see. And he goes on to say, Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, uh, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith he passed through the Red Sea on dry land, which the Egyptians assaying to do were drowned. You see, we know the history. His, his parents didn't know. The only thing they knew was there was something about that child 
that made them think that uh, he was special, that he was a, a fair, ch- not a fair child to them, but a proper child to them. And so I think sometimes along the way, God kind of in his providence shows us things that we might notice and say, there's something unique about this. There's something special about this. And so that's what God did for them. And then there's another thing about their faith. Uh, It was manifest in the most natural way. Now what do I mean when I say that? What they did was, they knew that that child was going to be killed, was going to be destroyed. They knew the king's commandment related to that. So, you know, faith and common sense, uh, they, they operate together. You know, God doesn't always make our path extremely clear to us, but, also, but He also gives us uh, good sense, common sense. I think Christians have common sense. And they can grow in that along the way. And so, when I say manifest in the most natural way, what I mean by that is, that they just done what any parent would do in, in their place. They would hide that child. Can you imagine what that must have been like for to have a child like Moses and have that hanging over your head? That that child might be destroyed? Can you imagine what that was like? So what they did was, they did something that was just natural. They hid the child. They hid that child. They hid that child for three months. And then the, as the story goes, uh, what they did was they took a basket that would float and they took it down to the river, uh, Nile River, and in the flags they put that baby in that basket and put him in there. Now we know what happened. I think that probably their faith would... They were trusting the Lord, see? Their faith... Now listen, the Bible says they didn't have no fear. Their faith. And so the Bible says that they planted his sister there to watch and the Pharaoh's daughter came by and heard the baby there in the flags. And, and of course what she saw was a beautiful, beautiful little baby. It touched her heart. And so she had it taken out of there and she took it and took it for her own, the Bible says, and Moses' sister said, do you want me to go uh, fetch a woman of the uh, Jews to nourish, nourish that baby and take care of that baby for you? And she told her to go. Where did she go? Went right straight and got Moses' mother. <laughs> they, had it, they had it all worked out. Common sense and faith working together. And so they went and got her and brought her to uh, Pharaoh's daughter, and so she, uh, she was uh, uh, going to take care of that baby. I, I thought about this common sense and faith. Uh, my, one of my favorite passage scripture in all the Old Testament is the, the, the scripture that says, it's in the third chapter of Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. He shall direct thy path. You say, you think that was happening with uh, Moses' parents? I really do. I think it was happening that the sovereignty of God was working there. And so His providence, of course, follows the chain of events in Moses' life. 
And you know I've said this to you so many times. God don't start what He's not going to finish. I've had people say to me, you know, preacher, I can't agree with you about the security of the believer. I've known people to uh, make a profession of faith and then go back and be worse off than they was to begin with. Let me tell you something. Just because somebody makes a profession of faith does not mean God has saved them. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. People who are really saved, I believe not only in the preservation of every true believer, but I believe in the perseverance of every true saint. I really believe that with all my heart. And so we can see by this chain of events in Moses' life that God's providence continued to work. He started something and he brought it uh, to his desired uh, end. Now, seeing all that, I believe that here in Hebrews chapter 11, I don't know that there's any place else in the Bible where faith is defined. It's defined in this chapter. Let me read in your hearing verse uh, 1 through verse 3. I know that you're familiar with this, this passage of Scripture. Here's what it says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Huh. The Bible left evolution out, didn't it? Well, ain't that a shame? No, it's not a shame. It's a wonderful fact. If you want to know how the world, how the world was framed, just read it in the Bible. We trust the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were made of things which do appear. And so we find, we find that definition of faith. What is the definition of faith? It is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Talking about the unseen, that's what the Bible says. Now let me share a really familiar passage here. This is in the book of James in chapter 4. And listen to what it says. And this is going to describe every one of us this morning. Go to now, ye that say, this is in chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Today or tomorrow we'll go into such city and we'll continue there for a year and buy and sell and get gain. This describes the attitude of a world without the Lord. Their entire existence is according to their plans and their schemes, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do things. That's described the world. But he says in verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth a little while and then vanishes away. There isn't anybody here that knows What's going to happen tomorrow? We don't know. We simply do not know. And I, I think oftentimes down through the many years that the Lord has let me pastor a church, how many times I've seen people devastated because of events that they sure did not see or did not expect to come about. We don't know. That's the unseen. That's the unseen. 
James goes on to say, For what you ought to say is, If the Lord will, we'll live and do this and do that. And so, the unseen is not just tomorrow and next week, next month, next year. The unseen is the next minute. The next minute is the unseen. You know, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I just don't know that. I don't know what's going to happen to you. God knows. But we just don't know. All of our future is not seen. And of course we know that there's that Scripture in the Old Testament, man that is born a woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's a description of life. Amen? A description. Well, you say, preacher, what all we think about? Well, what happens after? What happens after is what we ought to. And so, we live in a time, and I want to emphasize this, really emphasize this. I think in regards to our future, that our future is doubtful and fearful and should cause us to despair. I really believe that. Surely there's not anybody that's listening to me this morning thinks that we can provoke God without seeing the result of it. Surely there's not. And it ought to be a great burden on our heart. A great burden on our heart. So our future, our future is certainly uncertain. I was watching a news broadcast this past week, and you know there's a whole lot being said about the drug issue in our country. And especially that new drug that is called fentanyl that's coming across, primarily across our southern border, which is wide open. I don't care what anybody says. It's wide open. And it's killing Americans. I forget how many thousands in the past year have died. How much? There's been two or three times that enough fentanyl was found and discovered to kill every American in this country. Every single one. And so, we've been trying to get Mexico to do something. And I thought this was interesting. The Mexican president was speaking, doing a, doing a speech. And what he said was, we need to do something about the drug problem in America. And he was saying that we're blaming him for moral decay in our country. Now, I think the drugs need to be stopped. I'm not, I'm not saying, but I want to tell you something. He did point out something serious. Moral decay. Moral decay. Now, what does moral decay do? Unless it's checked some way, it continues to get worse and worse and worse with time. And so, we need to have. Uh, we need to trust in the Lord. Now, in this definition, it says the substance of things hoped for. Now, hope in the Bible, and I, I say this quite often. Hope in the Bible is always making reference to something in the future that we can't see. Something in the future that we can't see. In the book of, I'll, I'll read this passage of scripture. I've done it many times before. But it defines what hope is. Here's what it says. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. 
Hope has to be something that's not seen. For what a man seeth, why did he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now we know the Bible talks about that blessed hope that we have. It talks about hope that is the anchor of the soul. I want to tell you something. Hope is confident assurance related to the future. Preacher, can you see it? No, I can't. But you know what? I've got confidence assurance in the future. No matter what happens, we ought to be in a place where we know what will happen to me. No matter what happens, what will happen to me. Hope is that which we look forward to. And not only, I preached a couple weeks ago about the promises, how God uses the promises that He's made to grow our faith. You know, even those promises that have to do with our future, which we cannot see, we can trust God for them. And the things not seen. Now I want to say this to you this morning. I believe with all my heart, there's a whole lot. Everything in our future, we cannot see it. But you know what? We can trust the Lord. And the Bible says, Moses' parents, listen to this, feared not the king's commandment. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. I said the other day that you say, well, preacher, what if, you, what if you're taken out of this world? Well, i got to tell you something. You know what Paul said about that in Philippians chapter 1? He says to go on and be with the Lord, which is far better. Which is far better. And we can look at our future that way. That no matter what happens, I know where I'm going to be. I know what's going to happen to me. Whatever else happens, I know what happened to me. That's faith. That's faith. Being able to trust the Lord fully and completely with literally everything in our lives. Can you do that? Are you able to do that? Somebody might say, well, preacher, I need more faith. I need more faith. Father, we thank You and praise You for this good text. We thank You for what a challenge it is to think about Moses' parents and what they did related to the King's commandment and the well-being of their son. Father, help us to understand that our well-being and the well-being of our children and our brothers and sisters in Thee and those that we associate with in life, we can put in Your hands and in Your care and fear not. Now bless us, Lord, as we come to the close of this worship service and sing this closing number. Speak to our hearts. Help us, O Lord. If there's somebody here that maybe they're not sure about what their future would be, if their life come to an end. Help, help them, O oh Lord, to think about that. We know that we don't seriously think about those things unless the Holy Spirit convicts us. Father, we'll give You the praise and glory for all that You do. In Jesus' name and for His sake we pray. Amen. Now-